The Dow hit a record high. Moving steady. The economy. Oh, we got your back, Jack. Make a great plan, man. Oh, real McCoy, Troy. Our three cents for free. The options to pick, Nick. You need to discuss much. You got the key, KC. In exit strategy. All right, guys, uh, welcome back to another episode of Our Three Cents. It's a podcast directed at business owners trying to help you be more profitable, but really more mindful of the value that you might achieve from your business if you were to sell or, you know, buyers. Uh, Listen up as well, because we can talk to you about ways you could identify businesses that uh, might be available on the market that you could uh, purchase and make more profitable, make you some more money. That's right. And, you know, as as we discussed on episode one, in general, it's just good business sense that we're talking here. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Exit planning. It's just good business strategy. That's That's right. right. Yeah. And it's, I mean, you know, topics we might cover is it's really beyond just uh, purely exit strategy but it's uh business valuation again you know uh ideas for for uh increasing profitability as you said casey i mean don't know how you expand much on the note of uh just good business strategy exactly all right so i'm troy Harmon, and i'm here with casey smith and nick antonucci and uh guys we wanted to talk a lot about some exit planning today um what is exit planning and we we really want to aim this more at uh what we see going on with a certain demographic in the market right now which is a lot of baby boomers who own a business they're at a certain age where they're starting to think about their next steps in life which may not include their business so yeah, so episode one was kind of broad topics, sure, right, guys? Yeah. The Introduction. overall concept, and and now we kind of want to get into what are your strategies to exit your business? That may not be a total exit in some cases. Maybe you want to take some chips off the table, yep. um, and and that's perfectly okay too. It doesn't have to be you know at one time stepping away, giving up sure. full ownership or even control, but you know take some chips off the table you've grown your business it's you know you know what the value is and you you want to provide some liquidity for yourself yeah i think that the point of today's episode really is just to try to dive into what are the options that owners have to take some chips off the table as nick said and you know two-thirds of business owners from some surveys that we've looked at don't even know what their exit options are and they don't have an understanding of the different types of exits that could occur or that might be available to them yeah it's not uncommon for a for a business owner to also be more of a technician who just really sure. focuses on the service they provide and, and making sure they take care of their customers and clients uh, and in the mix they lose sight of oh yeah this is a business and I might not live forever so I can't really run it yeah forever. we talked last time about the 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 D's the four five D's you know death divorce disability I always want to say dismemberment. <laughs> It's, it's, what is it? Uh, disagreement. Disagreement. Yeah. That's divorce. a major one. Did yeah. you say divorce? Divorce, death, disability, disagreement, and drawing a blank on the fifth one. It'll come to me. Go back and listen to the first episode. <laughs> That's right. Um, but it really, you know, the, when we're talking about exit options, there's really two broad categories of, of exiting a business. You can either exit internally and, you know, give the the ownership, somehow transfer the ownership to either family members, employees, management, 
what have you, or... You, you say give, now that's I, really I, more I like, said give, and then I changed it to transfer. Okay, because I was going to say, I don't really run into yeah. too many folks that are just willing to give their life's work away. We've seen it. I, you know, you're if, you're, if we're right, talking man. like an intergenerational transfer, we yeah. absolutely have seen it. And, that's and not insignificant ownership in the business. Yeah. It's been yeah. large stakes. There, yeah. There's still a, an aspect of value, even in that, though, because when you gift something to someone... The tax man wants to get right. his money. So every transaction, whether there's a price or not, the tax man wants to get involved and, and sure. there's a price. Yep, well, absolutely. Well, I think, you know, guys, if we can just kind of step through some of the options and, you know, discuss what exactly they are, maybe some of the pros and cons to each of them, yeah. just to give a general idea of what may fit, you know, a particular situation versus the other. And there isn't necessarily um, always a right or wrong. It's it's dependent on the situation. Yeah, you know? sure. Exactly. What, what is the owner trying to achieve out of the transfer of value of their business? Yeah. Essentially is what it boils down to. And, you know, dealing, as we just mentioned, dealing with family businesses, a lot of small businesses, there is the desire to pass it on to the next generation, to keep that business within the family. So I, I think thought that's, you were going to say to choke your partners who are also I think that's somewhere. part of the family business, whether you're in the phase of transitioning or not. I think that just yeah. goes hand in hand with family business. And you can speak to that, right, Troy? Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I've uh, actually been in disagreement for that, sure. Yeah. I've been in business with family and, and it didn't really work well for me. I can't even say it. Maybe there's a problem still. Who knows? Sure. Uh, there's really not. Uh, it can make Thanksgiving a bit uncomfortable for a while, but I, I will assure you that uh, your emotions, no matter who or how you're dealing with other individuals, uh, when you get something of value between you and them, emotions seem to always pop up. Sure. Yeah. Well... Go ahead. Well, we see this, I mean, even on the financial planning, the individual personal financial planning side, you know, somebody passes away and they've got assets. There's there's generally speaking, uh, it's rare that you find no disagreement at all um, among that. And so when you're talking about a business that has a lot of intangible assets and various things like it, it becomes all that more complicated. Right. Yeah, sure. Well, it can be tough. You know, I think a great jumping off point for the transitioning, you know, to your own children within the family. According to studies, 50% of the typical business owner want to transfer their business to their children, but fewer than one in three of these owners end up doing so because they, you know, this plan has a low success rate, generally speaking. But yeah. Um, so you, I, you would have to begin grooming uh, exactly. family well in advance of any sort of exit. And, uh, and, and you know, a deeper topic for another day, but that exactly what you just said, Troy, that's unfortunately not common. You know, yeah. you don't begin grooming a successor early enough, and that's why there's such a low success rate here. And, and that would also go for a, maybe an internal manager that you trust with the daily operations of the business uh, that might not be blood kin. Um, yeah, sure. You know, the, Extend, the extended family is, uh, he, is what here's, they call I mean, it. We could probably just end this whole series right now if if we could convey it with one message, and that is, I just said, you know, you've got to begin early. If you begin planning early yeah. and think about this as a business that may be transitioned into the next, you know, next stage of your life, we could end the topic and, and move on, right? Well, it's just sure. like we said earlier, you know, it's just good business strategies. Start yeah. thinking about your exit now because you need that time to start putting these things right. in place so sure. that you're ready yeah. to, to exit when the time comes sure. or if the, you know. The, the fifth D, by the way, is distress. That's distress. Oh, okay. Well, distress. I knew it would come to me. Uh, you, you were in, under distress, I was under maybe. distress, yes. Yeah, <laughs> when, when trying to remember it on the spot. Exactly. Uh, well, let's get our hands dirty. Let's talk about the details. Yeah, so, uh, you know, 
benefits are you get to keep the business within the family. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of individuals want to see that legacy continue for years. And not only that, but it provides, you know, the possibility of financial freedom or, you know, financial success for future generations yeah. to come within your family. You know, it's, yeah, exactly. And and you can earn an, an outsized income from in a way that you probably wouldn't be able to do just going and getting it, you know, your, your standard job out of college. Sure. And then your family can potentially acquire the business for a lower cost. Uh, and then you can retain control within the family. Exactly. Um, it, so it would be easier for most people too to allow for owner financing in that way. Absolutely. And then you might have a, a stream of cash flows into the future that benefit you in retirement too. Exactly. To, the, to the contrary of that though um you know you're not going to get that cash payment in most situations from a family member you don't you don't they don't have the access to capital right. that let's say if you sold to a, you know another uh competing business or to a private equity something like that which we'll get into later and also as we said there's there's the friction that it can create within the family well you know you might have two children and only one has shown interest in being in the actual family business yeah. how do you treat that the yeah. impact of the family dynamics i think is the biggest negative potentially to uh, an intergenerational transfer and it's very hard to do it's it's a low rate of success as we said so um, you know, just depending on the, the circumstances, this may or may not be a good option for you and your business. Yeah, well, I would say that if you think uh, before you get into the conversation with uh, with your family that the transition will be absolutely smooth and emotionless, I, I really believe that you're probably deluding yourself. Yeah. I don't, oh, I don't think that it's going to be that, that smooth. I, you know, it happens. Weird things happen. And that would be the off, the, uh, the one off the outlier. Have y'all seen succession on HBO? No, no. It's, it's great. I mean, if they can make a drama out of it on, on HBO, then obviously you know what you're getting into. Uh, That's Nick right. and I have done some business valuation, uh, uh, engagements. Yeah. Uh, we don't need to watch the drama. No, I, We've seen it up guys, close and personal. No That's doubt. right. And one, one last thing, you know, something we've talked about being important is the timing of the exit when you on your terms when you want to mm -hmm. this gives you a little bit of flexibility if it's you know a transfer within the family that in most cases you can probably leave when you want to you know it's it's not as if oh well i transitioned the company to my children and they're kicking me out the door right away you probably have a bit more flexibility yeah. um in terms of you know when you fully step away or, or yeah, if it's going to be a commit. successful transition then i would hope you would have some flexibility there where the kids aren't kicking you out the door that's right <laughs> yeah well the, the one thing that you got to be mindful of though you want that business to be as healthy as possible when you leave mm -hmm. i mean there's that's a huge uh, time of transition you've got new management taking over you would want to make sure that the finances at very least are uh, covered as well as possible right absolutely uh so next talk about sale to other shareholders some in some cases you have a business that's solely owned by one individual right um but more often than not it's there's you know a group of shareholders or several partners. several partners shareholders um and, and perhaps it's one individual that wants to to step away and a pro there is you have a ready market in which to sell your shares to in most cases. Yeah, good potential a motivated buyer. buyer. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, now, in, in most cases, and Troy, we've talked about this plenty as it pertains to business valuation, most companies will have a buy-sell agreement in place. Most. And, and, but well, it might not be the best. Exactly. You'd be how often that's not the case. <laughs> it's not the case or the terms in which the valuation 
will be done right. is so off base with reality. So yeah, basically, what this I means mean, is it's it's an agreement that you know you're gonna you can sell your sharehold your shares to other shareholders in the company. Um, the basis for valuation to do so. And a lot of times we've seen companies that aren't asset heavy businesses yeah. that say, you know, the, the company will be valued based on book value. Well, it, if, you're, value, if you're a service yeah, a company and you don't really hold if you're the buyer, much in terms of good. assets, then you're going to get, you know, screwed on the valuation. Yeah, very, very likely. Uh, the other thing, Nick, you talk about a buy-sell agreement. I, I think that's probably a good topic that we could cover for a full, yeah, definitely. absolutely full segment. But uh, the reality is if you don't have one, and that's quite often the starting point, if you don't have one, you should probably give one of us a call. The number, 770-429-9166, Hensler Financial. Ask for KC Smith. Ask for Nick Antonucci or ask for Troy Harmon. Any one of us can help you get in, uh, you know, get into the conversation there and what you need to look for, right? Sure. Uh, so moving on, next topic. So other internal, uh, you know, uh, exit options would include things like an ESOP. Um, ESOP. And then this is another one we could spend at least one set, whole at show very on. Uh, yeah. Very complicated. It can be. Um, so what is it? Basically selling... The business. You're selling the business to the employees effectively, right. but it's not the, the employees don't become shareholders necessarily. The, the shares of the business go into trust right. for them. And it's essentially it's a, an ERISA governed ERISA is the employee employee retirement security act. Um, so like your IRA, your 401k right. is governed or your 401k rather, not your IRA is governed under ERISA. Right. Um, so department of labor is involved sure. and this is why you've got some issues. So it's a retirement plan. Basically, yeah. So, I mean, that's the way it works. A lot of, uh, employees might be motivated to work harder under an, under a, uh, ESOP plan, but right. for the business owner, the, one of the first people you hire is a fiduciary. You pay them up front yep. Yep. Uh, because if you don't pay them up front, it could be construed that they are uh, maybe under your thumb. Mm -hmm. They have to work as a fiduciary for the employees. So right. you can see it already. You're going to lose a lot of control over your business in right. the ESOP, right? Well, and also, it really, it depends on the size of the company because this is an expensive way to very do an expensive, exit. Very expensive. And, and even more so, the f financial standing of the company is very important because... Sure. Um, you know, you basically have to have a loan against the business, right, to fund mm -hmm. the, 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 the trust, yep. yeah. Right. Um, which, you know, one benefit is it doesn't have to be 100% of, of the shares, right? You can, you can right. yeah, transfer you can do a partial, some of it, yeah. yeah. And take, um, take some of the chips off the table. I mean, the other thing is if you're an S-Corp, there's, there's potentially very large tax benefits to doing this. True. Um, there's different, you know, and again, that gets kind of into the weeds, and we'll talk about that more in another show, I'm sure. But, um, you know, the... Very expensive. It's cumbersome. It's a lot of regulation involved because you got the Department of Labor in there. Unless um, your business is what over at least ten million dollars yeah. in value, you're probably not going to use this as and, an option. And it's probably not a business where you're using the company as your own kind of personal piggy bank, if you yep, will. What we sure. call a lifestyle business. I mean, it'd yeah. be something that you're really. It's a a true growth business where you're yeah. trying to grow the valuation over over a period of time. Yeah, uh, a lot of uh, a lot of details have to be. 
uh, worked out, and it is definitely best if you work from the initial point of very clean financial statements. Yeah, no question. All right. Next, guys, we've got sell the business to a third party. And this one, you know, there, there's even options within this category. So sell the business to a third party. That might be uh, private equity, especially, sure. you know, in, in in recent times, private equity has become a very popular uh, place for money, you know, looking to, to sure. generate returns uh, outside of the traditional stock market. Um, but you're probably not going to get the highest price yeah, they're gonna selling to a, to a private equity firm. You could also sell to a competitor. Um, right. They typically will be one of the parties willing to pay top dollar because they can realize the synergies from bringing, uh, you know, your business in-house. Yeah, they get some, new clients Back on some of the overhead. Yeah, exactly. Cut back on overhead now. You've touched on a point that actually a it lot is, of business it is a owners don't like. Yeah, it's a disadvantage to this method, whether it's private equity or selling to a competitor, yeah, is that absolutely. Uh, you know, you've built this business, you've had employees with you for a long time, you, you care about them, you want to make sure that they're cared for in the long term after your departure, and there's not really any kind of guarantee that you can have yeah, I mean the biggest downside to, to a, third a, a private equity deal is that you know you you can't really make any guarantees for your employees At most all. of the time. They're gonna they're potentially gonna want you to kind of stay involved in the business to some extent. So if they you're want a manager, for right? An, an immediate exit that may not be an option. And exactly, also, and that's you might get top dollar through the third party exit. But as you mentioned, Casey, there's aren't there aren't without trade offs, and yeah. that you're going to have to stay around in the business for uh, you know some period of time um you're probably not going to get all the money up front there's typically earnouts right. where you stay on and there's uh certain milestones that have to be hit before it triggers the remainder of you know the payments due to you and we're going to talk about this in the next show which is more valuation focused but i mean it's it's not only about the value but also about the terms of the deal sure, right? right so i mean the terms are are very important if not as important as the value you know they're right up there yeah uh, one of the things that i think we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about uh, first of all, an owner selling is going to make them lose control. Uh, mm -hmm, quite often, right. people that are business owners, entrepreneurs, like to do it their way. Yep. Uh, so first step is uh, mentally get yourself prepared for the fact that you're about to lose control no matter what you do. Uh, if you're going to stick around the business in a management capacity under a private equity deal, or even, you know, if you sold to a competitor, which is pretty uncommon that the manager stays, but... Um, in both of those situations, you get a new boss. Yeah. Uh, somebody else is going to be calling the shots. Uh, under private equity, you're probably going to see the business uh, get levered up. They're going to borrow a lot of money. Uh, they're going to try to make the equity pay for everything, the operations, the business. In almost every instance, no matter what, the business has to be healthy so that it can pay out the owner, right? Absolutely. Um, but the other thing is you have absolutely no control over what happens to what you consider your employees that will not be post-transaction. Yeah. I mean, obviously, that's the, the trade-off between an internal and an external. It, a lot of times it's about control. You know, right. it's, you might get a higher price from an external transfer of ownership but and a lump sum and potentially a lump sum but under a, an internal transfer you're going to be able to retain a lot of the control and kind of manage that business or at least be involved in the, some of the cash flows from the business potentially and things like that for and, and probably an advisor advisor sure. to that yeah i mean firm as well for it's still time. going to be kind of viewed in in most of those instances as you know, if you built the company you're the entrepreneur it's going to be your company. I mean, that's your legacy. Right. Uh, now, whether you transfer it 
to another generation or you're selling it to your employees, I mean, they're still going to look at you as the big boss. And the big boss. Yeah. yeah. That's true. That's and, important. you know, that can be that can be a little bit emotional, too. You yeah. you uh, somewhat, it, it, you know, when you step away from the business, uh, some people just want to be done with it at some yeah. point, uh, you know, and, and trying to make sure that you get a good manager that has plenty of confidence that can take the business into the future. Uh, and, and you want them not to be 100 percent reliant on you and your opinions. Take the ball and run, guys. Yep. 100 percent. Yeah. All right. Um, so we've we've uh, wandered down the path a little ways. Nick, you got some more yeah, awesome thoughts uh, for us? You know, you could refinance or recapitalize the business, which is, you know, let's just kind of relate it to what you would do with your home. You're, you're essentially pulling money out of the business, right? If I'm cash out refund. Yeah, exactly. Right. If, if I've got if, if I'm looking to make my exit and I've got all my wealth tied up in the business, um, let's That's say the business uncommon. is worth, Wait. you know, I'm just throwing out there $10 million. Um, maybe I want to take s- some money out. And so I, I take, you know, $2 million um, and, and get a loan, right? Yeah. Sure. Essentially loaning against the assets of the company. Um, that's another option. It's a way for the owner to either diversify or to kind of reinvest those proceeds back into the business and try to grow it. Yeah, so absolutely. It depends on what your strategy Casey, is. Casey, you said diversify. What do you mean? Well, you know, and sitting from the financial planning side of the table, diversification is a is an important aspect. Uh, if you've got a, an owner, in Nick's case, $10 million, that's pr- more than likely that's a, a big chunk of their net worth. I think most owners, the statistics we read, uh, over 80% of their net worth is, is in the business. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, that's a big chunk in one stock, effectively. It's one company stock that you own, and we would never recommend that you own you know, 100% of your portfolio or 80% of your portfolio in one company. Um, so what well, most business owners are okay with that. They know the risk. They feel like they have control over it, but sure. it's still, it's risky. So yeah. to be able to diversify out a little bit, take some, some chips off the table, as we mentioned earlier, and reinvest that money elsewhere for your retirement or whatever the, the, your personal situation dictates is important to be able to do that. Think about it like this too, Casey. Just say, for instance, you got a local home builder, a guy that's got a relatively small business on a, a grand scale, you know, it, it just builds homes in a certain geographic location. Mm-hmm. That business is very cyclical no matter what. Sure. Uh, in order to diversify, to diversify, I'll get it out in a minute, uh, you actually might be better off to invest in some things that are consumer staple like yeah. businesses that don't Not have highly correlated to your business exactly revenues and and earnings don't fluctuate near as much during uh times of stress in an economy because well, that's a, again kind of going back to what we started this whole conversation with uh, you know if you get into a period of time with distress which was the d that i couldn't remember earlier you know, if we go through another housing crisis and you're sure. that home builder and all your eggs are in that basket, maybe you recover from that. As most business owners we talk to are fairly confident that they can ride through any kind of turmoil in the markets or what have you. But that's going to certainly affect the timing of your sure. exit. And if you're, you know, there's so many baby boomers right now that are business owners looking to retire and exit, wanting to know what their options are. And that's an important reason why, because the timing matters and valuations sure. are probably higher right now than they've been in a while. And, you know, it might be a good time to diversify if you're looking to exit Absolutely. in the near future. Yeah. yeah and, and I think the, the point here is make sure that you look at that business as one of your assets, not all of your assets. Exactly. And, and I think that's where most business owners, you know, they pour their heart and soul into these businesses. Sure. It's real easy to lose sight of the fact that, Hey, maybe I should protect myself a little bit. Yeah. And no doubt. 
Well, well, guys, kind of the last and and final option for exit, what we're going to discuss is liquidating, right? So let's say unusually, right. And stress call. And a lot of times you see this where you have a service based business with mostly the business owner who controls all the relationships and absent them. There's no real income producing ability of the business. Maybe there's some underlying assets or accounts receivable, things like that. But when that individual wants to exit and they haven't haven't planned, it's kind of like, I'll sell the assets and that's really what the business is worth. Yeah. Yeah. Usually one of the assets, though, is a major intangible, right? And that's going to be your client list. Mm-hmm. It's got value. I mean, sure. you should, at the very root of planning should be, how can I, you know, wrap this in a bundle and sell it to a competitor? That, that would be the best place for something like that to go. Or a young upstart, somebody that wants to get into the business, or maybe even, uh, you know, uh, a family member as well. So, sure. you know, I think... It's it's going to be, though, the lowest price you're going... Of absolutely. all of the strategies, it's yeah, going that's to kind be of the your, lowest. Your last option, um, you know, once if the asset value, if you have an asset-intensive business and the value of your assets is worth more than the ability to produce income into the future with those assets, then you're probably better off to, to do a liquidation, but... Right, but don't forget to think about those intangible assets yeah, no and, and you probably need an advisor to help you through that sure. kind of conversation if you need an advisor where do you find us nick uh hensler.com you can one. call us at uh 770-429-9166 or you can email us at dr gene at hensler.com that's d-r-g-e-n-e at hensler.com and you know as i said in the beginning guys there's not a right or a wrong exit strategy it's really you know situational based but to tie things back to KC, uh, kind of close things out here, part of knowing which strategy is best for you, um, knowing how much you need in retirement. Yeah. Right. And because that really dictates what your options are. If, if you know that, hey, maybe I maybe I don't need all the cash up front or maybe I don't need the absolute highest premium to sustain. I mean, you always want to maximize what you get for your business, right? You worked hard for it. But if I can get more, if I can get $6 million up front as opposed to $8 million over time, and that $6 million fits my financial plan, exactly. is going to get me through retirement, then there's, you know, things to consider. Doing your personal financial planning is, uh, it should be done anytime you're thinking about an exit for sure. Absolutely. So uh, you're telling me I could take my $500,000 business and sell it for $5 million just because I need that kind of money to retire? If you find an idiot, yeah. Thanks for listening to Our Three Cents. Stick around. We'll talk about that valuation next show. You just need to commence, gents. Make a great plan, man. A real McCoy and Troy. Our Three Cents for free. All material presented is from sources believed to be reliable and current, but accuracy cannot be guaranteed. The contents are intended for general information purposes only. Information provided should not be the sole basis in making any decision and is not intended to replace the advice of qualified professionals, such as tax consultants, insurance advisor, or attorney. Although this material is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information with respect to the subject matter, it may not apply in all situations. This is not to be construed as an offer to buy or sell any financial instruments. It is not our intention to state, indicate, or imply in any manner that current or past results are indicative of future profitability or expectations. 
Portfolio holdings discussed are subject to change. There is no guarantee that in the future these securities will be held in the Hensler accounts. As with all investments, there are associated inherent risks. Please obtain and review all financial material carefully before investing. Hensler is not licensed to offer or sell insurance products. This overview is not to be construed as an offer to purchase any insurance products.